2: Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Boland. Hey, Ben. Today we've got... uh, uh, you know how we love to talk about racing. Yes. Uh, well, this is a, this is kind of a different angle on racing. I think um, it's not about a race that's going to happen this weekend or next week or even mm-hmm. you know ten years from now, but close to that.
3: Yeah, it's not even about a race that will happen. This is about a race or races that might
2: happen. Race of the mind.
3: Well, maybe <laughs> not. This is uh, this
2: is more like a designer challenge, right? Yes. Um, this is the idea that uh, that was given to. Uh, some groups of people from different manufacturers, uh, mm-hmm. some, some big manufacturers. We'll talk about those in a moment. But um, it, the, the question that was posed to them, and it's an article on our site, exactly titled this: "What will race cars look like in 2025?"
3: In the future,
2: future, future, future. Nice. Oh, thanks. I'm, yeah. We're going for the dramatic. And, thing. and you know what? The thing is, this is a, this is a great question because, man, there's just no other. Uh, arena i think where things change so dramatically year after year or where things are as influential on later uh car models i mean look at horses going back to the uh, turn of the century they haven't changed much in design uh <laughs> to present day <laughs> okay fine okay. good enough good enough, good right, enough. My, you know what i'm you know what i'm getting at here cars right. let me tell you they've tra- changed dramatically they changed dramatically year after year you could look at formula one you know and see tremendous changes year after year. Same mm-hmm. with IndyCar. You could look at um, uh, rally car racing, whatever. Um, there's, there's clearly an evolution here that happens, and uh, they're asking them to step beyond that. Like, you know, what's the, the next big step? What, what are we going to look at in, uh, you know, two decades from now?
3: Yes, and the they in these uh, sentences that we're making are uh, the L.A. Auto Show Design Challenge. This is an annual event uh, that always ask these sort of out-of-the-box questions. For example, in 2012, they're asking what the police car, the law enforcement vehicle of the future will look like, uh, what it will look like in 2025 mm-hmm. again. Now, Scott, you and I were talking off the air that as we get closer and closer to 2025, they might need to start asking about a different year because it will be awkward when it's 2024.
2: I think so. Maybe bump it up to uh, you know 2050. That seems like fair. That. Yeah, but the,
3: uh, so it's not always. A race car design challenge. However, the manufacturers in this design challenge—this was the uh, fifth challenge that the LA Auto Show had—they uh, are some of the biggest names in car makers, mm-hmm. and they came up with some really unorthodox stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. They, uh, you know, not only are we talking about like materials and and safety innovations and um, aerodynamics and you know things mm-hmm. that, that we've kind of already proved along the way or, or tested and, and and created along the way. This is kind of taking it to the to the next level. So let's say that um, you know you're talking about like the Audi team. Yeah. they've got a they've got a car that uh, they designed a car for this challenge that uh, is capable of supposedly. Now this is the great thing. Yeah, this... All, this is all you know. You could just make your car do anything you want, um, but you have to have a design that that you know relates to this. You have to be able to show it somehow mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. design. Easy enough, right? Easy enough. Fantasy world, I guess. Right. Uh, but their car, like Audi's car. Uh, It imagines a uh, a race that has banks and tunnels, and uh, cars that can invert themselves and then pass on the roof of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fascinating to me because yeah because you know we've we've heard about you know the formula one cars that are capable of driving upside down at certain speeds because of downforce right um they're taking it to the next level and saying that of course they can all cars are going to be able to do this let's let's see this in a race
3: yeah and this is something that's key here because when the design challenge posed the question what will race cars look like in 2025 there's also an unspoken implied question What will racing become in 2025? Now, Mm -hmm. of course, at this point, there are simply no tracks
2: designed for these sorts of uh audacious ceiling crossovers yeah, you know in some cases in some cases you know the, the teams went a little more conventional right and they said okay we're going to make a car that uh, okay here um let me just scan down here but toyota mm-hmm. um they made a car that had was capable of speeds of like up to 350 miles an hour
3: right and they kept the same rules of Le Mans.
2: yeah exactly so you know it's like a, a what do you want to call it? Like an endurance race, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, an overnight type race. But, um, imagine traveling 350 miles an hour next to another vehicle. That's, that's like, uh, you know, Bonneville salt flat speeds, mm-hmm. but you're racing against somebody on a, on a closed circuit track. And would you be next to them for very long going probably, that fast? Probably not. I wouldn't think so. But, you know, all the manufacturers, there's, you know, Audi, BMW, mm-hmm. GM, Honda, Mazda, you know, the, the list goes on. Volkswagen. Yeah, Mitsubishi. The, yeah. Mercedes-Benz, they all had entries in this, and they all had a dramatically different approach to this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, take, for instance, like the Mazda team. They went with electric cars.
3: Right. So they kept the same sort of racing format, but their question was, what if all the race cars of 2025, or what if a majority of them are electrically powered? Mm -hmm. And
2: then, like, GM, they imagined something called an eco-triathlon racing series, which I'm not exactly sure what that's all about, but I have to dig into that one because... Mm-hmm. It seems similar to what they're mentioning um, uh, for Honda's team, because Honda did something completely different.
3: Yes, Honda H- Honda uh, did perhaps one of the most ambitious designs. So they said, why don't we have a race wherein the drivers must circumnavigate the globe, which already sounds crazy, right? Sure. In 24 hours, hmm. in the same vehicle... On land, air, and sea. Wait, same vehicle, same ride. Land, the whole time. air, and
2: sea. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's a that, uh, amazing. I would love to see the vehicle that can do that. I mean, that, that would be see now. That's something really cool. Yeah, turns into a boat, turns mm-hmm. into a car, turns into a plane. And we've got you know the the plane cars. They're the uh, the flying cars that I hate. I know, I know, but, buddy. <laughs> um, but um, there are also amphibious cars in the in race car form. Mm -hmm. in a race situation might be kind of cool to watch it's definitely more feasible Mm -hmm. because remember
3: one of our one of our main problems our primary beef i would say with flying cars is that in a traffic situation or in an accident situation that you're likely to encounter with a daily driver uh, this
2: just adds a whole new level of potential for disaster yeah you know what you know this reminds me have you seen the rally you've seen the rallies before where like they uh, they're off road for a long long time in the desert right suddenly they're on road and they're driving through a small town but they're going 80 90 miles an hour through mm-hmm. the small town everybody's kind of buzzing around there's still regular vehicles on the road they're parked maybe there're people you know in lawn chairs watching right but uh I imagine a race around the globe how would you ever prepare a course for something like that i mean it would have to go through some desolate areas Mm -hmm. obviously you know you're you're not going to encounter any traffic hopefully you know across the oceans or hopefully in the air uh but i guess that's something you have to worry about
3: yeah and this would be a pioneering race too we can't we can't forget how in some ways this would closely parallel some of the first road trips because we simply don't have a a entire world-spanning
2: racetrack. I mean, how would you plan that? Yeah, there's nothing to compare it to at this point. But, you know, another thing that we do well, – well, one team that kind of took a, an angle that we do have something to compare to is uh, Volkswagen. Uh, yeah. They uh, they designed kind of what they said is a conventional Baja racetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I just mentioned, the, uh, the off-road trucks and, you know, cars. Right. Um, but the rule is that you can only use ten gallons of fuel for the entire race. Yeah, thirty-seven point nine liters for our friends abroad. So this is uh, this is. Dramatically different from uh, you know what you would, what you would find in a typical Baja race where you stop for refueling and mm-hmm. you know you, you move on. You've got massive engines that produce a lot of power. This seems like uh, kind of like it seems like a lot of teams have taken this kind of eco friendly angle in this.
3: Right, like GM as we mentioned before. Now mm-hmm. one one thing that's really interesting about this stuff is uh, that these all all of these solutions or all these questions are really just logical extrapolations of current trends Mm -hmm. so we see uh, even when we see something uh, like switching to the ceiling of a racetrack to pass a competitor uh, it still is based on some solid engineering that leads us to think this may be plausible, um, or maybe not even plausible. Maybe just possible. Maybe. But
2: uh, well, then how do you explain BMW's entry? I knew it. Get yeah. out of my <laughs> head. Yeah. Uh, so BMW, they're they're hydrogen-powered vehicle. Sure. Which is kind of unusual. I mean, mm-hmm. there are hydrogen-powered fuel cell cars out there right now. Believe it or not, there yep. are, uh, but they're very expensive. They're very few and far between.
3: And as we've talked about before, one of the one of the big obstacles for a lot of alternative vehicles uh, or alternative powered vehicles is that there's not enough of an infrastructure Mm -hmm. where are the hydrogen refueling stations for instance not
2: necessary in this case because it's a race car but but you look at like uh you know the the one that comes to mind is the honda fcx clarity i think is the name of it oh yeah good Um, call but that's one that uh, it's very expensive you can only lease it Mm -hmm. and uh, it's really really high price it's uh it's something not for everybody and again refueling is the main problem not the case for the bmw entry though because we're talking about a race situation and the crazy thing is they made their hydrogen-powered car like a salt-flat racer, which is really cool. And one of the old-style yeah. salt-flat racers. Yeah. You know, the uh, you know the belly tanks where they use, uh, well, I'm reading here, but the barbecue lids and oil barrels. Right. That's like the main body component. So this is kind of a, uh, a cobbled-together race car that runs on very new technology.
1: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian
2: Maybe even more interesting than that, did you read about the co pilot? Uh, what? No, this is new. Uh,
3: Tell me about the co pilot.
2: <laughs> the co pilot. A lot of teams apparently had in their design that, you know, they're. You know, of course, this is a race situation. A lot of them are long distance races. They have right. a co pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, rally car drivers have a navigator that reads maps and, you know, signals and tells them when to turn, et cetera. Well, BMW's co pilot, Ben, get ready for this. It's goldfish. What? Wait? It's a goldfish. That I think it's. Goldfish. I think it's just a tongue-in-cheek type. Okay, thing. here's a like <laughs> my, my co-pilot is a goldfish, and and they really had a goldfish in their design. You know, that the sat next to the driver, and uh, they claimed that was the co-pilot. But I thought okay. it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, nothing to it really.
3: Well, there's some this this actually this idea of a co-pilot is something really cool. It brings up a point that I wanted to talk with you about on the air. Mm-hmm. Now we know, Scott, that autonomous vehicles or. Uh, driving software, for lack of a better word, is becoming more and more feasible now. Google and DARPA have both reached some huge milestones recently mm-hmm. with their uh, with their artificially driven cars, for lack of a better word. Uh, do you think that we could be approaching a future in racing where there's machine and man piloting the vehicle?
2: Machine and man. Um, not in the near future. Only because on race cars, typically you find that they remove any semblance of, of right. computer control. Any CPU uh, stuff? Yeah. yeah, there's there's very very little. Uh, I mean, I there's no anti-lock brake system. There's no power steering. There's no any. There's no power options on anything. Right now, it's pretty much pure man and machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think them they're going to be giving up control like that anytime soon. Now there may be. Uh, looking way in the future again, like you know, just kind of you know, speculating, yeah. spitballing. Exactly. Uh, would it be kind of neat to see autonomous cars racing against each other on a track, where maybe somebody else? Uh, now I said autonomous; that they're mm-hmm. controlling themselves, but maybe somebody else controlling them, like a like a life size remote control vehicle. That would be so cool. That might be pretty interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, imagine cars that are programmed ahead of time and just kind of let let go to run on their own. I wonder how that would work because that, that environment changes so quickly mm-hmm. and you have to react so fast. That's the, that's the human element. Mm-hmm. Um, would they be able to accommodate that? Would they be able to, uh, to determine, like, this is not the place to pass, I'm going to wait till the next straight, and then only if these situations work out in the way that they should?
3: That, you know, I think that's a great point because, well, there are a couple things to unpack from here. Uh, first, to immediately respond to that question Eventually, we would be in sort of a uh, John Henry situation, you know, fighting mm-hmm. the uh, John Henry, the myth, of course, of the of the man who was one of the fastest track layers, going against a machine that could lay track as
2: well, digging through a tunnel or through a mountain, rather, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. and. We could be in a situation like that in real life with uh, with autonomous vehicles at some point. you know we could be in a situation where the world 's best human driver is going up against a uh, what was that uh, computer that played chess, Deep Blue? I think it was. Oh, we could have a Deep Blue situation. Uh, now, now, that's an interesting thought, yeah. Ben.
2: Okay. A man versus machine, I mean, in the purest sense, I guess. That, yeah. you know, the, There's no driver in the other vehicle, but they're equally matched. See who does better.
3: And I know it's a bit of a sidebar, but the other thing is, uh, what is the nature of the sport of racing? I'm going to argue that more important, even than the equipment, is the fact that there are human drivers in there, and it is one driver's skill, reflex, and experience, and to a degree, luck, against that of another human driver. So, is it unsportsmanlike to have uh, too much
2: technology helping you out? You know, that's a
3: that's a little philosophical. I, I'm,
2: to- I'm totally on board with the uh, the you know, it's the driver's skill that that wins the race because mm-hmm. uh, you could put two two people in identically prepared cars and prepared cars and you know, one's going to come out victorious. The one with the more skill, the most skill, the most experience—it's not going to be the luckiest one, typically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens, sure. But um, you know, an unprepared driver on—you know—on uh, uh, um, someone who doesn't have any experience, unexperienced, right. versus somebody who has plenty of track experience at you know that race course in that vehicle, et cetera—they're going to do far better than somebody else. Yeah, not also, a you know what? It's kind of funny that they're kind of getting back to the co-pilot thing because that that reminds me almost of uh, like the ride along mechanics that they used to have. Yeah, in Yeah,
3: I was thinking the same and, thing. And too.
2: In a round the world race, I, I would think that you would want to have a mechanic along with you, right? You would. Uh, I think it
3: would be a very very bad choice not to have one. In
2: that in that way, I mean, without the support crews or whatever, mm-hmm. if you if you had a ride ride along mechanic. Uh, just as they did in the early days of, you know, of racing, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like kind of, that's kind of a, a regression almost.
3: It is, and it's a regression that is necessary because let's keep in mind, just to take it back to some of the technology powering these vehicles, a lot of this technology is going to be relatively new to these environments. I mean, Toyota's uh, car has photovoltaic panels on it. Mm-hmm. A solar powered racing car, even partially, is such a is such a new thing. If it's going against another car that doesn't have photovoltaic panels or doesn't depend on solar power, then you will want a mechanic with it. Uh, okay, but you yeah. know what?
2: I know someone's going to write in about this. Right? They I have know. had you know the Sun races. They have, those. but
3: those are just solar power cars against each other.
2: Yes, and. Primarily, let's get it, let's get this straight. Let's it's get primarily it exhibition, yeah. and these are engineering exercises. Right. Um, in right. that you know it's one person; they can only travel when the sun is up, and there's, mm-hmm. they're they're actually kind of quick. But yeah. um, specific conditions need to be met, and they're very. Uh, let's just say they're very delicate vehicles.
3: Right. These are not going to be uh, at twenty four hours of lemons anytime soon. No,
2: <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, so, and you know what the yeah. the, the any any cells that are on top of them may be powering um optional equipment. Right. You know, or powering you know extra equipment that requires electricity at that point. I don't yeah. think I don't think that this they're going to be you know solely powered by uh solar.
3: No, I don't point. I don't think they'll be th- at that at this point Rather,
2: Not in the near future. Maybe not even that.
3: by twenty twenty five. I don't think so. So this this stuff that we're seeing uh is really I I hate to toot our horns, Scott, but this is kind of validating, this article, because it focuses on some of the things that we focused on in earlier episodes, including material science, the Mm -hmm. necessity of uh, carbon fiber for Mm -hmm. performance in the future. It focuses on some of the alternative energy that, I will say again, I know it's not the most popular opinion, but we are rightly skeptical of some of this stuff, and we're not saying it's bad we're just saying it's very easy to get caught up in the hype before the science and the engineering are solid. You know? Sure. And then it also shows us that the nature of racing itself in terms of the format may change. But I, I wanted to bring up the art, artificial intelligence idea because that's what is not really mentioned in this mm-hmm. article. And I think that it's a good move for the
2: manufacturers to
3: keep the focus on the human driver,
2: I think it is too. I think that's uh, that's the heart and soul of racing. And I, I Ben, I think beyond twenty twenty five, even I think it, it still will be.
3: Yes. Well, I I, uh, I certainly hope so because um, you know I, I recently saw Terminator again, and that Skynet stuff just scares me. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't it's know. A terrifying movie. Could be. It could be. It could be. But uh, for now let us uh, reassure all the race fans listening that the big names in, in, uh, in car manufacturing are working on some tremendously thrilling innovations, and your favorite race car drivers are probably not going to go away. Uh, your favorite race car companies will continue, uh, but they will be doing some astonishing stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see what comes out of this year's competition with the police car technology and see what the designers come up with because um, I'll be honest, I think police cars could use a, a serious revamp at this point I mean, they need they need something now rather than later
3: Yeah, sooner rather than later and of course, to be fair before we get the emails guys, we understand that these are essentially concepts these sure. are very, very much like concept cars mm-hmm. and concept
2: cars, as we know, don't have the most success when it comes to becoming a production car. But parts of them do. Maybe not the entire thing, parts of them do, and that's what uh you know I'm I'm really hoping that some of the stuff from the uh the police vehicle competition comes out, you know, they'll they'll adapt some of that technology mm-hmm. or some of those ideas because um police cars these days, I mean they really need some help, I think. Yeah. It, it's very old school right now and uh they really need to step it up. So let's end on a couple of questions and we
3: mm-hmm. would like to hear the answers from you. Uh, what would you like to see in racing in the future? What do you think of the idea of alternative power racing vehicles, of, of changing uh, tracks? What do you think of racing around the world? And what do you think about artificial intelligence in racing?
1: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a paper
2: Scott, you had some stuff you saw earlier. You know what? I've got one quick thing, and it's not even anything all that dramatic. But but I found it really interesting. I not not the usual Scott stuff Scott sees. I'll tell you that. I was driving to work the other day, and I was it was in downtown Roswell, and I saw a city bus pulled over into a parking lot that that normally wouldn't be there. Of course, you know, it was running its normal normal route. It had people in it. There's a police car behind it. And I thought and initially thought, oh my gosh, there's a, a an accident with the city bus. Oh no. The officer was writing a ticket to the city bus driver while people were on board. He was standing at the you know the big window on the side, oh, looking wow. up to the driver, with you know ticket book in hand, writing and writing a citation. I've never seen that happen before. I don't even know what the citation would be for. You know, in heavy traffic like this, possibly maybe ran a red light.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I don't think speeding could have been a possibility just because of where we were. Improper turning, maybe. Maybe, but. I mean, can you imagine it being on that bus and then, the, you know, receive the, the driver receiving a ticket and having to wait? Because you're taking that, you know, to bypass all the traffic and all the confusion and congestion and everything. Theoretically. And there you are waiting for the driver to receive a ticket. So even bus drivers get tickets. I've, I've never seen that. You know, that's that's the thing. That's why I'm bringing it up, because I've never seen that happen before. I didn't even know it was really possible, but I, I suppose I mean they share the road with everybody else. Yeah, I it's, wonder
3: if they cut off the uh, police officer.
2: It could be, or maybe there's thing. a um, um, you know a, a mechanical condition that they were they were citing them oh, for. Oh, okay, yeah, tail lights out or something. But it seems like that would go that would be just reported to the main office. So I'm trying to figure out what this would be, or if anybody has ever seen a bus driver receiving tickets or been on a bus where somebody, you know, the driver has received a ticket wow. for maybe speeding or. Um, You know, improper lane use or whatever it happens to be, but. I just have never seen it, and I figured I'd, I'd mention it here and just see if anybody <laughs> has anything to say about it. Man, that's baffling. Yeah. I, w- what a bad day for that bus driver. Yeah. It was a little weird, and I figured I'd just mark, you know, make a quick note, yeah. and, and uh, again, like I said, not the usual stuff Scott sees, but uh, intriguing.
3: Yes, so uh, we're going to go ahead and head out for uh, another episode that you guys will hear later on. Uh, in the meantime, let us know what you think about the future of racing, or what you think the future Future racing should be, and tell Scott and I if you have ever seen a bus driver get a ticket. We really did not know this could happen. You can tell us about it this on Facebook. You can give us a holler at Twitter. Keep it short, of course, because it's Twitter. I don't know. Twitter jokes? Eh, ah, never mind. And you can always send us an
2: email directly at carstuffatdiscovery.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com.
1: Dexcom data on file, 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a plug glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit dexcom.com/compatibility.
0: You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. All right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions. Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash zero. For the
2: ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.